All right, we're here. Welcome to episode 16 of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I review music, television, and film, interview guests from all walks of life, and provide social commentary on lifestyle topics. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know, and we'll do our best to change that. Feels good to be back. It's almost time to go outside, you know. Um, I want to know how y'all doing. You know, I don't get a lot of feedback because, you know, the podcast is just starting or whatever. But I really want to know how you guys are doing. I want to know how y'all holding up. Um, it's been a long time inside. Like, that could do a lot on your mental health, you know. Uh, it's a lot going on outside. It's a lot going on inside. And, um, you know, we're here to report on what's going on inside and what I'm watching and all that good shit. So let's get into it. I first want to take out the um, the time to like just get some off my chest. You know, we got, um, I try to spend the, the beginning parts of the podcast now talking about like trending topics and like what's going on in the world. So I just wanted to talk about a couple things that happened over the course of the week that, um, you know, I just feel like I need to address. So first and foremost, I want to say rest in peace to Ahmaud Arbery, um, a 25-year-old young black man who was just jogging in his neighborhood in Indianapolis, Indiana. And, um, you know, he was gunned down by two white men um, who it took basically a, um, it took a bunch of people on the internet to get them arrested. It's really sad and it's really disheartening. And, you know, um, the video of his murder is online and you know it's not really you know when everything first started coming to light with um all these murders that was happening um on the hands of the police and you know other white assailants you know it was common for uh videos to be passed around of things being caught on camera and stuff like that so that you know people would believe us and that there would be proof of of action um but now we're at the I feel like I feel as though we're at a point where that isn't necessary anymore. And we don't need to be passing around videos of, you know, like modern day lynchings and people getting killed in the middle of the street and stuff like that. Like these these forms of evidence exist and um, they will get into the right hands if the people who are involved are responsible enough. So. I believe that um, we have a responsibility to not pass these videos around because I know personally, if I was put in that position, I wouldn't want that passed around. You know, I would want um, the positives of um, of my likeness being passed around when I pass. So, you know, I would like to respect people's privacy 
And, you know, even though you can shine a light, I feel as though everybody should be shining a light on the situation and being tuned in to what's going on. Um, that's not necessarily the right way to bring light to the situation. So I just wanted to say that. Rest in peace to him. Also, rest in peace to Little Richard, the architect, the originator, the pioneer of rock and roll. Um, he died over this weekend. He was 87 years old. Rest in peace to a legend. Rest in peace to another legend, Andre Harrell, founder of Uptown Records, discovered people like Teddy Riley, Diddy, and many more. He died at 59 years old. Um, I don't know the cause of his death or Little Richard's um, for that matter. And um, one that I just read about earlier today is rest in peace, Betty Wright, you know, um, musical genius, pioneer as well, and um, overall great musician. So, you know, it's, it sucks that we're like losing our um, our black legends, our black leaders and our pioneers and stuff like that. But that just means that it's our responsibility to step up to the plate and um, create spaces for the newer legends to come in and um, you know, even it's even our responsibility to, you know, step up to the plate and fill in their shoes if we can. Um, but, you know, I wanted to get that off my chest. So to get all the negative stuff out the way now, um, I want to talk about some positives. So a young man at Princeton University, a young black man at Princeton University, just became the first valedictorian in Princeton's 274 year history. So his name is Nicholas Johnson, and he was named uh, valedictorian of his class. Uh, I'm not sure what his major is, but I just wanted to congratulate that man on air. Congratulations to you, young king. Shout out to Jersey. Um, and yeah, you know, I like I love seeing black people succeed. So I just got to uh, step on that and uh, put that out there. Another thing uh, I wanted to highlight is a, a GoFundMe that is in progress, um, funding for Janelle and Grafton. So Janelle and Grafton is an initiative built to, uh, excuse me, Janelle and Grafton is an initiative to build a stronger, sustainable, and more reliant Lower Grafton Avenue community uh, through vacant lot activation. Janelle and Grafton is a lease plot through the city of Newark's adapt a lot program that will be transformed into a community garden. Janelle and Grafton will provide access to healthy food options, urban gardening, advocacy, and sustainable education for North Newark residents. So everybody in Newark, uh, North Jersey, and Jersey period needs to um, support this cause. The link for that will be in the description of the podcast. And I wanted to highlight that because, you know, urban farming and, um, you know, growing our own supply, uh, growing our own food, food supplies, excuse me, um, is very important and it needs to be highlighted. And our communities especially need to take advantage of these um, lessons that come with urban gardening and, you know, supplying our own food chains and food supplies because the food in our neighborhoods are trash and that needs to be highlighted. And people act like that's not a major factor to why black people are susceptible to certain diseases, but it is. And um, I wanted to get that off my chest. So that was trending topics for today. And we're just going to move on to the design of the week. This week's design of the week um, highlights an Instagram page that I happen to find while scouring the Internet looking for a design of the week for this week. So I happen to uh, come across Sneaker Pots, which is an online boutique shop selling ceramic pots made to look like sneakers for plants. Um, the pots work best with cacti and succulents. But um, I just think that they're dope all, um, all around because they have sneakers that look like Yeezys, uh, Clarks, um, 
Jordans, Air Maxes, uh, New Balances, and um, Air Forces and Crocs. I just thought that was really dope. And um, if I happen to get a plant in the foreseeable future, I'll for sure be um, hitting them up for a ceramic pot that looks like a sneaker. Um, But yeah, I'll post a link to the page below if you guys are interested and um, you'll you'll see um, you'll see the picture on the front page of versus Mike history dot com. So, yeah. All right. So we're going to move on to new music because new music. I'm lying. A a bunch of new music didn't come out, but I have um, a few things that I want to touch on. So um, I don't know if this is your goat, but he's for sure my goat. Uh, Lupe Fiasco, he hopped on um, this producer named Kalen Ellis's beat that he had posted on his Twitter and Instagram account, and he demolished it. He bodied it. Like, I don't know. Y'all new niggas, y'all may know him as the nigga who do, does karate or the nigga that beat Ninja and Street Fighter or something like that, but I know Lupe for bars. Lupe is a supreme MC, a god MC even, and um, and that's how I, you know, he he's the reason he's one of the people I came up on early in uh, my discovery of hip hop, and you know this this freestyle is 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 a body like I don't know if this is gonna be like an official track or if this is gonna make a mixtape or album or something like that, but he bodied this, and um, Kalen Ellis is a fire producer, you know. Like I was going through his Instagram as well and his beats are amazing. So these two people coming together to create this magic is kind of insane. Um, it made me excited for sure. Uh, Kei Trinata dropped a video for Need It um, off of his new album. I loved it. You know, it was pretty dope. Uh, it has belly vibes. So most of the video is shot in blue and it follows the main character's um through the club and it leads to like a dance off and it's pretty dope. I don't really keep up with new music videos, but it popped up on my feed and you know I fuck with Kitchenada and I got tickets to see him, but you know, the damn coronavirus is getting in the way of that and um it kinda rescheduled it. It was actually for the end of this month, May thirty first, but I don't know. I don't know when the show's gonna happen. So yeah. That was my favorite song on the album, so I was really excited when I came across my YouTube page and um yeah, so what else we got? Jill Scott and Erica Badu. <laughs> so I sat and um and watched this this Instagram live versus battle clash, whatever you want to call it, uh, as a family with my family because it was pretty fire. Um, and we sat and watched Jill and Erica sit up there and give what felt like album commentary on their favorite songs and favorite verses and how things came together and their history in the industry together and the the energy was wonderful and it didn't really feel like a battle to be honest it felt like um two sisters coming together to share music and you know bring black people together and you know I heard every song I wanted to hear minus golden which I was very surprised uh Jill Scott didn't play like I'm that's like one of her biggest songs but you know um it was all good energy at the end of the day and I really thought it was a good time and somebody on Twitter said that um 
one thing that these clashes got me noticing is how happier black people are collectively talking about our music and culture when it's the focal point in comparison to the energy we have talking about those stiff ass award ceremonies that we don't that don't that don't deserve our rage. And I completely agree, you know, because every year we have these discussions on Twitter or whatever social media platform we choose to um, get mad on. And we watch these award shows like the Grammys, the Oscars, the Emmys, and whatever, VMAs, I don't know, whatever. And we always talk about how these white gatekeepers don't give black artists the props that they deserve. And, um, you know, at first I was with the, I was in on the, the hate train and, you know, like, oh, white people, da 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 da, they're always getting it wrong. But it's like, like Einstein said, insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again and, ex- and expecting different results. And one day I just woke up and I was like, why am I giving my energy to the Grammys? Like, why am I giving my energy to these other award ceremonies that weren't created for our music, weren't created for our image? And we're sitting here demanding that we be presented in a light that that we see fit when we could easily create our own platforms to highlight our ability, our talents and our amazingness. And that's what I want to thank uh, Timbaland and Swiss Beats for doing during this quarantine because they created a platform that highlights our music and they haven't made it about money. They haven't made it about who's popular. They haven't made it about anything negative. It's about love and positivity in black music and black media and um i'm really loving what it's i'm really loving the energy that it's brought uh to our community so i think that's pretty much up pretty much it on music but oh no 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 i'm so so sadly mistaken i got a couple other things uh chris brown and young thug they they dropped uh a mixtape uh called slime and b which is uh <laughs> aptly aptly named for that project and um i think it sounds exactly how you would think a young thug and chris brown album would sound you know the songs aren't bad but they they kind of blend together and to be fair i didn't listen to all of it so i can't i'm not gonna say this is a completely unbiased um review of that body of work but it is what it is um it wasn't it was it's not terrible music but it just kind of like it was it there wasn't too much young thug and there wasn't too much chris brown which i don't know if that's a good thing because i feel like they kind of would work better with each other if the project sounded more like one one artist song than the other like if it sounded like a bunch of chris brown songs with young thug features mixed in with a bunch of young thug songs that's with featuring chris brown i don't know if that makes sense but that's kind of, I think, would be the best outcome of how that body of work would be put together. But that's just me. But if you hear, you listening to what I want to hear. So whatever. Um, the homies at Clubhouse Records and Lady Boys International present uh, Legend from the Mert, which is an essential Dom Kennedy playlist. You guys need to go get that. I'm a huge Dom Kennedy fan myself. And they put all the bops together in one place. So that's on SoundCloud. And I believe it's on Audio Mac as well. Yeah, I need to go get that. And that isn't on music. Moving on to television. So Insecure just dropped. Fresh off watching that episode in the booth recording. And I have thoughts. I have many, many thoughts. First of all, why is Molly so trash? I don't understand. I really don't get it. 
why is she going out of her way to not be a great friend? Like, I don't understand why somebody would put in so much effort to bring somebody down just because y'all are not going through good times right now. Like, that's really trash. Like, and I feel really bad because I feel like throughout the whole series of Insecure, right, we've seen Issa go through issues that would make anybody be like, yo, she's messy or she don't got her shit together or she needs to get her shit together. And progressively through the seasons, we've seen Issa get her shit together. She cheated on her boyfriend. Then she got over that hump. Then she tried to then she tried to make it work with her her older nigga, her old her old fling. That didn't work. So she moved out. So 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 she moved out of his spot, got her own crib, became a property manager, you know, that was working. Well, that start, that started working well for her. Then she met another guy. He goes to her, but he gave her that the great idea of hosting a block party, which she put together amazingly. And that's where we are this season. And now she has to deal with fucking Molly, always calling her messy and oh, you always got this and you always asking for a favor. And it's like my nigga, like she's asking like the favor that she asked for doesn't pertain directly to her work. And I thought that was really trash. And, you know, um, women, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not speaking for women right now, but like women who, who go through those types of issues, I feel bad for y'all for real, because like, how, how do y'all even get over humps like that? Like, because I feel like if I was in a situation like that with one of my mans, that would be the end of the friendship, to be honest. Like, I'm gonna be completely on it. Like, that's it because what else do we have to talk about? I ask you for a favor, you say no, and then I and then I go and ask my old my old fling for help, and he and he pulls through, and now you bad. You sit here in my face, mad at my event that you didn't even have to come to. Like it's just it's just a whole. There's just so many things wrong with that one situation. But I'm gonna kind of run it back because I jumped all the way to the end. Um, let's see. Okay, so the episode opens with. Uh, Issa kind of stressing. She talks to Nathan about it, and uh, we don't see it on camera, but that's when she asks Nathan for the favor of getting Vince to come to the block party. And then we cut to Molly, and she's talking about she doesn't know what to wear to the event. Why do we even need to go? And Andrew's like, yo, like, what are you talking about? Like, just put something on. We're about to go. We're going to have fun. It's your friend's event. Like, this is crazy. Like, get your shit together. And then we get to the block party and Condola's there. You know, she's just walking around aimlessly. And Issa walks up to her and she's like, yo, like, what's good with you, bro? Like, I haven't seen you and I haven't seen you in however, however long. And I didn't even think you would be here. And Condola's like, yeah, well, me and Lawrence broke up and he didn't talk to you and da 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 da. And in that scene, I was like, so I watched, I ran the episode back. I actually watched it twice. And the first time I was confused by that, um, I was confused by that scene. Cause I was like, I was like, all right, well, Condola, she was just like, all right, I don't know if you heard, I don't know if Lawrence told you, but we broke up. So at first I'm like, okay, well, she's trying to create the excuse of like, well, me and Lawrence broke up. That's why I haven't been around and I've been down and yada, yada, yada. So that's what I took from it the first time I watched them. And then when I ran it back and watched it again, the whole scene seemed like passive aggressive. She was like, oh, well, didn't Lawrence tell you? And Issa's like, tell me what? And it's like, oh, well, me and Lawrence broke up. And it's kind of like a petty energy there. Like, I kind of felt the petty energy like, oh, well, we broke up because of you. 
So my my nigga, my my nigga should have told you that we broke up because he want to get back with you. And um, I think that that's where the season is leading um, as we get as we like hit the halfway mark. But and, and honestly, I'm I'm really excited to see where the rest of the season goes, because, you know, I thought the the lead up to the black party was going to be the whole season. But these la- these next five episodes, um, I think, are really going to be dope. But yeah, Condola's like, I don't know, she's mad passive aggressive and the energy just wasn't there. And I don't understand why Issa's friends aren't holding it down for her. Um, who else do we need to talk about? Uh, we could talk about Condola. No, not Condola. We could talk about Derek and Ashley for a bit. Um, so Derek, shout out to Derek. That's the that's the character that I see myself in the most. He just want to be a good dad. He just want to support his boo. You know what I'm saying? Like he just want to, I mean, have a good time with his friends. And uh, he's there with Ashley at the black party, and um, then they have issues with the baby, and he decides to leave. And you know, Ashley through her conversations with him and with uh, Issa and Kelly and Molly just. It's just basically just showing that like she's kind of tired. She's going. I'm pretty sure she's going through postpartum depression, even though I know little to nothing about that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and I think that having a baby just is, is taking a really big toll on her. And um, I like that. That's I like that that character is kind of going through that. Not saying that I'm happy that she's getting postpartum depression, but I like that her character is getting room to grow and develop more. Um, even though like a lot of other characters have taken the front seat, um, throughout this season. And I was very surprised that Lawrence didn't show up to the black party, by the way. I was very surprised, but, um, whatever. And then with Molly and Andrew, I kind of talked about them already, but like their relation, their conversation at the end, right before, um, Molly and Issa's argument was kind of like, yo, like, um, I helped your friend out. Her event was successful and you're sitting here mad at me. Like, I don't understand. Like, I thought that you would be happy that I did your friend a favor and it actually worked out. It's not like you went behind my, it's not like he went behind her back and did something that, you know, would make her look stupid in the long run. So I don't know. Like everybody's confused about Molly's intentions and what's going on between them. But like, it's really weird. And, um, oh, I completely skipped over Nathan. So Nathan came back this episode and, um, you know, he didn't provide really much outside of the um, the look for Issa in terms of bringing Vince to the show. But um, he did Issa solid and he showed up. And I thought it was dope to see his character again because I thought that he was a really dope character last season until he just started doing fuck shit and making it look bad for all the guys. But it is what it is. Niggas going to be niggas. And um, the show closed out with Vince Staples and Sir. And I thought those were really two, two really good um, acts, you know. In terms of a Inglewood performance or a black party or whatever, to uh, close out the show, and then of course, at the end of the episode, we see that somebody thinks that there's a gun being pulled out, uh, which happens a lot at so many black events, which is so trash because like, why is that always the case? And it's always and it's almost always like somebody, it's almost always like that not happening, and somebody just you know yelling out to get everybody in fear. But um, the episode, the music this episode was really good, like like always. And um, yeah, waiting to see what happens next episode. But um, what else did I watch this week? I watched Midnight Gospel on Netflix. 
that show was pretty fire. Um, that's like one of those trippy animated series that like I don't know if too many of y'all would be into, but that's kind of my wave. Um, it's about the like the main character's name is Clancy, and he buys this. Uh, he's a simulation farmer, which is essentially I have it written down here, which is what. Simulation farm. Oh, someone who lives in a trailer and spends all their time in alternate universe simulations. Um, it's really trippy, but it's really dope and it's really funny. And it's created by um this white man named Duncan Trussell, and he has a podcast. So what the series is is his podcast is put uh as laid out as audio for the characters that are animated throughout the episode. And it's really dope. You know, it's a really dope concept. And, um, because like the main character in the show is like, Oh, you want to be on my space cast? And then he uses, you know, whatever, but you know, you can go watch it for yourself. Midnight gospel on Netflix. And, um, yeah, another animated show that I just started watching is uh solar opposites, which is on Hulu. Um, that's from the creators of Rick and Morty. Uh, the correct the connections to Rick and Morty are ambiguous enough to hook the viewers, but in reality, it feels like a watered down derivative of Rick and Morty. To be honest, um, it's not like a bad show. It's just mid, like you know, it it follows the same character beats, and um, it's it's just not enjoyable to watch. It's like if that was on and Rick and Morty was on, I would a hundred percent put on Rick and Morty over that. So I don't know if it's I don't know if the creators of Rick and Morty created that so that they could cross over on some like family guy, American dad type shit. But um, it's it's not a bad show. It's just not for me, you know, and I know that a lot of people will probably enjoy it. Um, But, you know, it's just I don't know. It's not for me. Uh, Yeah, but I'm not going to spend too much time down in the show. Uh oh, and I decided to start rewatching Snowfall on Hulu. Um, I don't really have too much, too many TV shows to watch right now, so I'm kind of looking for shows to watch. I think I'm gonna make a poll of things that a lot of you guys watch out there. Um, I see that like a lot of people watch Money Heist, and um, is Money Heist, and it was a couple other things. But that's probably the, sh- the next show that I'm going to end up watching. I know there's like four parts to it and it's like not in English. Not that that's an issue, but um, I was kind of putting that off just because my mom and my sister were, were binging it so crazy. And like you guys talk about it online already. And I don't really like to get into like the trend of watching TV shows. Like that's not really my thing. I don't like to watch trendy. I don't like to do the trendy watch or the trendy binge. But um, I do like to talk about things that you guys like to watch. So I might give it a shot. Uh, like I said, I'm gonna. I'll probably end up making a poll about like, and I'll give like a couple options about what you guys want to hear me talk about. But yeah, in terms of movies, though, um, I thought I watched more movies this week, but I really didn't. Um, I kind of just watched two, but I did watch. Two, oh no, you know what? I did watch. I, I did watch a, a few movies this week. I just didn't really <laughs> write my notes as well as I thought I did. Um, but I will start with Justice League Dark, uh, Apocalypse War, which is, um, an animated Justice League movie. Uh, that movie was fire. It caps off a 14 film series that, uh, DC has been working on. It started with the Flashpoint Paradox, which, um, that, that, uh, series of films has been one of the greatest runs in animated films, period. 
you know, like the character designs are really great. The stories are written very well. Um, and there's really good action and there's not a lot of dumb things that happen in between, uh, what's going on in the, in, um, these stories, but in this story specifically, um, it's like a very post apocalyptic, uh, Avengers infinity war Avengers Endgame style movie all in one. And we see the justice league, um, going against dark side and, you know, they want to, uh, attack him right at his home planet of apocalypse and you know dark side he he has all the keys so he he's he's spying on the justice league through cyborg who was created through a mother box and um you know they go there and they get torn to shreds they get torn to shreds and what happens after is dark side comes to earth and he destroys he destroys earth so um this is happening after the events of the animated series um birth of the superman i believe it is or rise of the superman one of the two um where superman gets killed by doomsday and he comes back to life and there's a bunch of people who are like emulating his symbol and things like that so after all of this happens and superman comes back that's when they plan this attack and everything like that they don't really just specify on how soon after it takes place after those events however um everything gets destroyed in this film like everything like we see superheroes get embodied like it's very gruesome it's very dark a lot of justice leaguers die like straight up die and um it's very grim because dark side you know he doesn't kill everybody and then some people he he takes as like a um as like slaves almost like he mind controls batman he makes he turns wonder woman and hella and um Martian and Manhunter into like robots, like sentient robots that are like defending, like, like the, the like defending him on apocalypse and stuff like that. And like, uh, the story is really great. They inject Superman with liquid, liquid kryptonite. Like, it's a really great film. Like, I really can't even, um, I really can't even like describe how great it is without like really ruining the film. So I want you guys to all go watch that. Um, that's just his league, Dark Apocalypse War. Um, yeah, and this is really dope. And instead of like ruining it on here, like I'd rather you guys watch it and tell me what you thought. Uh, I also watched All Day and a Night, which is on Netflix. That's starring. Um, oh man, I'm upset because I can't remember his name. All Day and a Night. That is starring the young man who stars in the. The Wu Tang, uh, the, um, the Wu Tang series on Hulu, and he also was in the Equalizer too. Let me look it up. All day and night. Starring Ashton Sanders. Yes. So this movie is <laughs> the funny thing about this film is that it's billed as starring Ashton Sanders and Jeffrey Wright, but in reality, this is an Ashton Sanders film. And uh, it was directed by Joe Robert Cole, who wrote uh, Black Panther and Marvel's Black Panther. And um, it's really dope. I, I really enjoy the film. It really breaks down the psyche and the life of a young black man who grew up in the hood, who really didn't have any options but to become a product of his a product of his society. Um, he got he was getting bullied. I believe he was getting bullied in school. And then he would go home and he would get beat on by his father. His mother wasn't as supportive of him or didn't do enough to defend him from 
defend him from his father. Then he grew up. He started hanging out with the wrong kids, even though he was, you know, clearly smarter and should have been in better positions. You know, it just led to him ended up in prison. And um, the, the movie is like a flashback of like the events that led up to him going to prison and, you know, why people do the things that they do to get themselves in that position. And it kind of like the reflection kind of leads to him turning a new leaf towards the end of the film. But it's mostly negative. And I feel like it's a film that a lot of black men especially would be able to relate to. Um, I think it's powerful in that in that nature. But all in all, I think it's a great film in general. I'm surprised that Netflix um, put out this quality of a film, this quality of a black film even. And I feel like it kind of went under the radar. But I want you guys to go watch that because it was really dope. And um, I really enjoyed it. Oh, and Yaya Abdul-Mateen is in this movie too. And Isaiah John. Isaiah John, he's in um, he's in Snowfall. So it's a lot of heavy hitters in this, in this film and a lot of good niggas who can act. I know that came off real bad, but there's a lot of great actors. Excuse me. Let me try to be more proper on the podcast. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a really good movie. And um, I really thought it was dope. I wouldn't say it was a classic or anything, but it definitely holds its own in terms of black films, in terms of quality black films. And I think that it'll be one of those movies that people will come across and be like, yo, like, when was this made? Like, how did I not hear about this? And, you know, I just wanted to highlight it on that end. Um, so I got a couple of movies that I've been putting off for a really long time. Uh, there's a, a war documentary on Showtime called the longest war. And it's about like the United States' occupation of Afghanistan and stuff like that. And, you know, I've been trying to get around to that. And Michelle Obama, I think I'm going to cover that next week, her documentary becoming on Netflix. Um, but you know, I've been putting those off and I don't even know why I'm telling you guys, but I'm just being real. I'm just being honest and um, being transparent. But, you know, I, I had fun today and, you know, today was good. And you know what? Look, um, I'm excited for the future because I got a bunch of new equipment coming through the mail. Uh, we'll start getting guests back on the show soon. And, you know, I just really want to get you guys, the listeners involved to this whole process, because, you know, without you guys, I would just be here talking to myself in an empty room. So uh, let me know what you guys think of the show. Um, send topics, questions, music, and movie suggestions. Follow the podcast on Twitter at VS Mike History. Follow us on Instagram at Versus Mike History. Follow me on Twitter at Mike History. And follow me on Instagram at Last Name History. And this has been real. I will see you guys next week.